Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, we're celebrating Bad Kitty's birthday, and I'm speaking with her creator, Nick Bruhl. It all began with the 2005 picture book, Bad Kitty, and since then, the ill-tempered cat has starred in two additional picture books, Poor Puppy and Bad Kitty, and A Bad Kitty Christmas, as well as several chapter books. Her most recent misadventures took place in Bad Kitty, Drawn to Trouble, which was released back in January. The Bad Kitty books are published by the Neil Porter Books imprint at Roaring Brook Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. Nick, thanks for speaking with me on uh, such a festive occasion. Oh, thank you for speaking with me, John. I really appreciate it. So am I correct that this is uh, birthday number nine for Bad Kitty, given her sort of uh, quote-unquote birth in 2005? Yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's birthday number nine for the book itself. As for the cat, you know, that would I, I think of her as being a little bit younger just because, you know, nine-year-old cats tend to be a little slower than uh, I depict Bad Kitty herself. Okay. Um, but is this the first time you guys are uh, sort of celebrating um, this sort of birthday occasion in a big way? It is. It is the first time. This was an idea that was borne out by the good people at Macmillan who wanted to feature Kitty a little bit more during Children's Book Week. And it's, along with it have come all these promotional devices and such that have gone out to booksellers and libraries and the like. And is it right that this birthday is actually now an official event It's part of uh, Children's Book Week this year? I think it is, but I, I do wonder whether or not the date itself might change in the future because Children's Book Week has uh, changed. I believe as of next year, it will be the first week in May, not the second week in May. So that's going to be something Macmillan and I will have to wrestle with. Hmm. It's one of those holidays that shifts a little bit like Thanksgiving or something. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, now, Bad Kitty actually celebrated her birthday in one of her books a few years back, uh, Happy yeah. Birthday, Bad Kitty. Uh, did that come in handy at all as ideas were sort of coming together for this? I don't know for certain. You'd have to ask Macmillan that. I will say it's certainly going to come in handy for me later today when I read a portion of that book to some kids at, at the library. I'm looking forward to that part very much. Excellent. And is there anything else that you'll do as part of that presentation? I haven't seen the setup yet, but I'm likely to draw. I, I think if they give me an easel and some paper, I'm likely to draw because that's always kind of a fun thing. I love to answer questions. This is one of those situations where I'm only scheduled to speak for 15, 20 minutes. But when I'm, when I'm in front of kids, I can go on for an hour easily. So uh, a lot of this is going to be playing it by ear. But it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a party. Uh, this is something for the kids. To, to really, uh, it's really more for the kids than for me or even for Kitty. And with uh, the, the sort of drawing parts of the events that you do, is that something that's sort of back and forth with the kids, getting ideas from them, or is it like a demonstration you like to do to show, you know, here's how to draw Bad Kitty, how, here's how she comes together? A little bit how, how I draw Kitty, but typically because I like to sort of incorporate any, some, some aspect of an educational uh, component. Uh, what I like to do is show how I draw Kitty, but then show her how show kids how I give her emotions, uh, because my challenge is having a character who does not talk, and because she does not talk, she cannot tell you what she's thinking or what she's feeling. So in order for me to convey to readers what she's thinking or what she's feeling, I have to show those expressions on her face. So really, the demonstration is how a small detail, like where I put the dots for her eyes or how I just furrow her brow ever so slightly, will have a great effect, a 
huge result in how you're going to read the emotions on her face. So that's almost certainly what I'll be doing with them. Okay. And now you were, I think, at the uh, Texas Library Association's uh, conference uh, recently. Did you uh, break out your markers as part of that at all? Or I don't think I did. Okay. I don't think I did. Well, you know, it's a different audience, right? Mm-hmm. The librarians. <laughs> yeah, huge librarians and such. And, and, and you know what? I, there really wasn't an opportunity, now that you, you, you asked me, because I was doing plenty of signings, but I was only part of a, a, a single uh, – I was part of a panel of uh, six authors, so there really wasn't an opportunity during that to focus on Kitty alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might draw focus a little bit if you start uh, yeah. starting up on that. Um, now, I know there's been some other things in the works as part of the celebration. I believe there's a new website up at uh, badkittybooks.com yeah. and also something called uh, the Bad Kitty Book Club. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, the, the badkittybooks.com is something that existed already, but now it's been revamped and it's going to be a little bit more information rich. So I think it's going to be a bit more of a fan site than it once was in that um, information and news about Kitty, especially now that we have birthday celebrations for her, and especially now that we are going into her 10th anniversary, which is kind of a big round number that everybody likes. And so mm-hmm. because of it, there's going to be a lot more going on. So the information that's happening is is coming pretty fast and furiously in between. I'm really learning only about it you know, a piecemeal from day to day. I only learned last week that Cinemark Cinemas is going to be featuring BadKittyBooks.com and Bad Kitty at all of their summer films. There's going to be some sort of lobby display uh, or snack counter display throughout the summer at the Cinemark displays. And I don't even know all the details about it. Bad Kitty's going to be making appearances at all of the um, Six Flag parks this summer, uh, which which is pretty pretty wonderful. Um, she'll be making an appearance at the San Diego Comic-Con, even though I will not, which, mm-hmm. which, which galls me to no end. But that's, I'm, I'm glad Kitty's at least represented. So that's why the website is existing. It, it's not only because it's a website, but, but also because it's going to be an email newsletter. And that's where Bad Kitty Book Club comes in, where parents are going to get emails periodically about news and information about Bad Kitty that they can pass on to their kids. And I think from what I understand, that has overpassed uh, expectations already. Their initial hope was to get a thousand uh, subscribers in, I don't know, about a fir- the first month or two. And they wound up getting 5,000 the first week. So that was pretty exciting. Excellent. And, you know, as you mentioned, I, I think there's some Bad Kitty birthday kits that have been making their way out to uh, indie bookstores around the country. They have stickers and posters and uh, some very grouchy looking masks. Uh, yeah, they're great. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty, pretty happy with, with, with how they've turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never saw stickers until I saw them in the kit itself, and, and I think they're pretty fabulous. What else? I have one in here in front of me. Uh, there's, there's other stuff. There's actually a lot. Yeah, banners, <laughs> and I, I, I got one, too. I think, my, I think my Halloween costume is sorted thanks to this mask, so lots of stuff. Have you, have you been hearing from, uh, from stores that will be participating? I have not heard from any stores, but I, I do. my understanding is that uh, the number of stores that are participating has um, overpassed expectations, which is kind of nice to hear. And now you come from uh, a bookselling background yourself. I certainly uh, do. Is it um, especially fun or you know enjoyable part of the job to be able to take a break from writing and drawing and kind of get back out in there to the stores and talk with kids? 
Well, I love visiting stores, and I love visiting stores not just because of, of, of what I do, but because I am such a fan of independent bookstores in particular. So it's neat for me to go into a store and talk to the managers, and even though it's been nearly 10 years for myself since I've worked at a bookstore, I, I just love to see how the process that different stores go through for events and how they display. The, the, the logistics of those sort of things actually thrill me. And this comes from having over 15 years as a bookseller. Um, so, 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 so part of me really does miss that aspect uh, of my career. And, and so uh, that, that aspect is fulfilled when I visit a store I can, and I can really sort of see the, 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 the workings in the background of how they operate. Mm-hmm. Is there a store uh, near you that you, uh, I don't want to say call as your home base or anything like that, but is one that you uh, love to sort of support and frequent and that sort of thing? Absolutely. The Voracious Reader in Larchmont. Uh, I love that store. And, and, and there's so much about that store that, that, that um, I, I find wonderful. First of all, it is a children's uh, uh, bookstore, um, but it opened at the time where absolutely everybody was saying this is the worst possible time to open a bookstore. Uh, it, it, it only just celebrated, I believe, its fifth anniversary I, I you know i was there for the it's it's birthday mm-hmm. and i i visited that store uh as an author uh, very early on in its creation and what's wonderful about it is that it's expanded in, in its short lifetime despite having opened at a time when nobody everybody said you really can't open a store it leased out the space next door to it knocked down the wall and now it has this lovely little cafe attached to it and i think it's become a real destination store for for authors as well as um, a, a landmark inside Larchmont, New York itself. Does that sort of local success make you feel a little optimistic about a, a you know future of independent book selling? Yeah, I, it does. It really does. I, I this is my own personal theory on things. I do think that opening a independent general bookstore is uh, uh, very risky, and I think you can really only do it in an area that has a lot of pedestrian traffic because nowadays the threat doesn't seem to be from you know the Barnes and Nobles of the world or the Borders of the world, especially now that Borders is gone and Barnes and Noble is struggling. I, I th- the threat is, is the convenience of having books uh, delivered to you, especially if the shipping is free. So I often say that that it's the specialty stores that have a lot of legs because they can bring about that expertise. And children's bookstores in particular have a a great future because I think people are drawn to seeing what – or they they want to see the interior of the book before they buy it for a child. And that's still very difficult to do online. So I think people still – it's why picture books – still do not have a significant digital footprint um, from everything I know. That's going to be the, that's very different, of course, for young adult and chapter book material and such. But for, for what I do, which is so heavily illustrative, there's still a great future in the paper book. And that future uh, holds well for future of independent uh, children's bookstores. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, you're coming up on a sort of 10-year anniversary here with Bad Kitty. I'm curious, uh, what are the things that you end up hearing the most from kids over the years, either at events or in letters and things like that? 
Well, there, uh, you know, common questions are, do I have a cat? Mm-hmm. And yes, I do. There are pictures of her in the appendix of Bad Kitty Gets a Bath. That's a picture of her on the front cover of the, the toy catalog that's inside of Bad Kitty. Um, happy birthday, Bad Kitty. Mm. Another one is, do I have a favorite book? Well, no, I don't. I have to be diplomatic, and, and I, I like all my books equally. And of course, when I visit schools and I meet with kids, a lot of them come up to me, and they have just wonderful ideas. They, they have ideas that they really want to tell me about what I could be doing with Bad Kitty. And my response to them always is, and I mean sincerely, Bad Kitty does not belong to me. Bad Kitty belongs to everyone who reads her books. And and so because of that, nothing would thrill me more than to know that kids are writing their own Bad Kitty stories. Uh, why should I have all the fun? <laughs> uh, have you gotten any over the years at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, you know, Scholastic had a fascinating, uh, had a very neat and very flattering uh, contest uh, for Bad Kitty Drawn to Trouble. And the contest was to take a page, make an illustration, and write a very short story about uh, of your own about Bad Kitty and what Bad Kitty could be doing. And a, a, a girl named Elle Jenks won the contest with, with a wonderful story about Bad Kitty selling cat scout cookies, but being tempted by a suggestion made by Chatty Kitty to eat all of the cookies. And Kitty, of course, gives in to that suggestion. And, and, and so I, I love that. I love that, that, that kids write these stories, and sometimes they send them to me. Sometimes they, they, they photograph them, and their parents email them to me. Um, I, I have, and I, I look at all of them, and I keep all of them. I have, I think, three boxes now, and, and I'm proud of all of them. It's, 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 it's a wonderful gift to be getting. Hmm. So now to go back to where it all started for a little bit, um, you know, that first picture book was almost kind of like an alphabet book in a lot of ways. Had that, and then the following one had a sort of a numbers theme. And did you ever expect at that point that the series would grow to what it is now? No, I, I, I certainly didn't. I actually never even intended for it to become a series. I, I did Bad Kitty, and I felt like I was done. I felt it had a nice pat uh, ending, a slightly open ending. And that book's you know, modest success encouraged me to make the sequel, Poor Puppy. But I, 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 I contemplated, I really assumed it was everything was going to maintain, uh, that Bad Kitty would re- remain as, as, as a picture book character. But it was my editor, Neil, and uh, Simon Bowden, publisher at, at Roaring Brook, who approached me and said, we really do want you to think about doing more Bad Kitty books, and we don't want you to feel constrained by those alphabets. Because, yeah, the problem really wasn't with coming up with new ideas. But the problem was I felt like I painted myself in a corner by creating this alphabet format, which I tried to maintain with all of the picture books. And it was going back to something that I'd always contemplated in my book-selling years that prompted me to contemplate making chapter books about the character. Because there was this frustration I had as a bookseller. When I'd open a box and I'd see a, a popular picture book character, like a good example would be Olivia the Pig. And, and, and these are great picture books. And everybody loves these picture books, but publishers would feel compelled to take this picture book character and adapt her into board book format for the, for the baby and toddler set. And it always seemed counterintuitive to me because it always seemed as if kids who read the picture books are not going to be, you know, drawn to the baby and toddler books. And baby and toddlers, they don't really care about what books you put in in their hands because they all taste the same anyway. So even back then, it seemed to me, I I questioned why authors and, and publishers weren't taking popular picture book characters and adapting them into chapter book characters so that the 
character would have an opportunity to grow up with the reader. Um, characters like Babar and, 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 and Curious George, I think, are really naturally um, uh, designed for that. Curious George books already have this sort of three-act format to them, and it can be quite text-heavy, even as picture books. So I just didn't really uh, know. So years, years later, when I'm facing this same question as to what to do next with my character, Bad Kitty, why don't I turn her into a chapter book character? And I was very lucky in having the right editor and the right publisher because uh, they took to the notion immediately. Uh, and I mean that literally instantaneously they asked me if I could make you know, this, I, you know, this, if I really could sustain a series. And I wasn't sure at the time, but I certainly tried. It was the manifestation of the chapter book series that I think has really propelled Kitty into this popular area. And, and, and here we are eight million books later, and, and um, uh, I have no intention of of stopping or frankly even slowing down i think things are actually about to speed up a bit with with the books okay so is there a chance maybe we could get to see some uh some young adult adventures then as that you know that kitty uh, grows up you know gets i don't know I, I thought about that i'm not really sure yeah yeah bad kitties <laughs> still being future bad kitties. exactly I, I don't know i i, I you know I, I i confess i've contemplated it but i i i tend to wonder if because they are so heavily illustrated and and the illustrations are so much a part of uh the story whether i i i contemplate but I question whether it's even possible. I don't know. Now, have you been uh, thinking about any projects uh, outside of Bad Kitty, or is she sort of all, all demanding in that way? Well, right now she's all demanding, but in January, um, I have my first non-Bad Kitty book in many years. Uh, it's called A Wonderful Year. And it's a notion that came to me um, many, many years ago, actually, when I contemplated what it might have been like if I had been asked to make my own uh, nutshell library, because um, because longtime booksellers will 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 remember that there is more than just that one Maurice Sendak nutshell library. There there was um, a series called the A Rabbit's Nutshell Library, and Hillary Knight illustrated um, four books called uh, A Christmas Nutshell Library, mm. uh, which was briefly uh, reissued, and I think it's out of print again. So I just I contemplate that idea, and and three stories came to me so quickly. As I was uh, contemplating this notion, th- that I, and then I realized that I could set each of these stories in a different season of the year. And as time progressed, uh, the fourth story came to me, and I wrote that one down. And so this book, A Wonderful Year, is going to be four short stories in one picture book, each one set in a different season of the year, uh, each one featuring the, uh, a, a little girl and the unusual and wonderful things that take place during these seasons of the year. And like the Nutshell Library, they're sort of independent of each other, and yet uh, they couldn't stand on their own. They are connected. You know, uh, kids ask me, like I mentioned beforehand, if I have a favorite book, and, 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 and sincerely, I do not. But after having done this for 10 years now, I think A Wonderful Year is quite possibly my best book. And I'm very curious to, to, to see how it's received uh, when it comes out in January, um, uh, simultaneously with the next Bad Kitty book, which is Bad Kitty, Puppy's Big Day. Wonderful. Well, uh, congratulations again on the success of the series so far, and uh, thanks okay. for speaking with me. 
Uh, thank you. This was a real pleasure for me. So I, I, I appreciate your, your, your contacting me. Well, once again, I've been speaking with Nick Brule, whose bad kitty character is celebrating her birthday with plenty of stories behind her and what sounds like uh, lots more to come. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.